0: Thank you for your giving. Would you turn in your Bibles to the book of 2 Timothy, uh, chapter (laughs) 4. Never seen anybody run with a drum of plenty before. It's a day of new beginnings. Let's read verses 1 through 5. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and make full proof of your ministry. I think that this word is a very descriptive word for all time, but it's also... Very appropriate for the hour that we're living in. If there was ever a time where we saw people that were um, going after their own truth, quote unquote, according to their lusts, and it seems like all the only thing they want to hear are things that validate whatever their lustful pursuits are, it's today, I mean, I, 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 am, I am amazed at how facts can be right in front of somebody and, and a, a clear-thinking person can look at them and somebody else standing beside can look at the same thing and view it through the prism of whatever their lustful pursuits are and they, they don't want to hear that truth. They turn from the truth and follow fables. And this is from mythos. It's whatever, whatever thing they have created, their own story, their own version of things, the rewriting of things so that it can appeal to whatever their ideas are. Um, this is what, what we see. And this is what Paul said was happening back then, Uh, In verse 10 of this same chapter, he speaks about Demas who has forsaken him because he used his agape for the present world, whatever was going on in the present world. So Paul wasn't just prophesying this, although that would have been effective. He wasn't just observing it from his uh, ship of the gospel and seeing the shoreline where people were doing this. It was penetrating his own camp. And Demas must have had a very uh, strong sense of responsibility for Paul, because once he departed, you can read the litany of things that Paul is saying. Hey, Timothy, you get here as soon as you can, and bring this, and bring this, and bring this. And, and he's talking about the the gap that's there, undoubtedly, because Demas forsook him. That's a pretty strong word. But I think that the remedy and the solution of what Paul gives for such an environment is something that we should embrace today, and it's, it's right here, and it's particularly effective for people who feel that God has called you to serve in a communication center, where you are called to be apostolic teachers, because this is what Paul is speaking, particularly verse 2. If you ever went to Bible college, you hear this passage, preach the word. There was a kid that was from Kansas and he was, he was funny. He was a good friend of mine. Um, and um, in fact, he was scheduled to speak here on a Sunday morning, but we had a tragedy here that embraced our house on that very weekend. And I had to call him and say, look, brother, we'll send you an offering, but it's just not a good season. It's not a good moment for you to be here. But he was famous for saying, preach the word. And and it just kind of cracked me up. It was kind of like a, it was kind of like a catchphrase, but this is really true for us. Preach the word, preach the word. The word there is logos. Preach is keruso, which means to make your declaration on behalf of what the foundational word is. This was different from a didache type of preaching, which was more. Uh, and, and he mentions that in in the rest of the verse but uh, a didache was more of a of a line upon line teaching that was also a preaching but when he says preach the word he really sets it every declaration you have every compass point belief that you have has to be rooted on the unchanging logos of god you you can't you can't if you start questioning the word, if you start taking away from it or adding to it, and Jesus warns there aren't very pleasant things in the book of Revelation that'll happen to somebody who does that. But once you start whittling away at that foundation, your preaching is is it's watered down at best. And so Paul starts this by saying, you know, the Lord's going to judge at his coming, the quick and the dead. Preach the word. You make sure that the, um, the, the, the foundation of who you are is the eternal word of God, and you make every pillar founded into that. Now, what's he say next? Be instant. Be instant. In season, out of season. We'll talk about that in a second. But what's it mean to be instant? If you were to look at your handy-dandy Bible program, you'll find that this is a root. This comes out of the root of histeme, and this says a lot of things because, again, the cross is the cross of Christ is formed from two words: a stake of ownership and histeme. We this is elemental teaching for us. It's new for many. Um, So, the place where God calls you to take a stand with His cross you're going to have to stand on behalf of what God has purchased through his cross in that place, in that deposit of glory. So when it says that you are instant, it doesn't mean that it's just quick. In fact, I've grappled as to why they chose to translate that term, episteme, epihisteme, into instant. And I think they were probably thinking it's unpredictable what God wants to do in that base of of where he's planted you. And so you you have to be watchful over it, and you have to be willing to move with it when it happens. And if you don't move with it when it happens, you could be like Jacob that says, surely God was in this place, and I didn't know it, or I didn't respond in the way I should. So to be instant has... Yes, it has a factor where you need to be observant and you need to obey. But the essence of it is, this is the estemi. When the Father sends you forth in the power of your cross, and you carry that and you establish it, that place is alive in God. He created that place to showcase his glory. The enemy thinks he controls it, but those gates will not withstand the church as it goes forward. So when you're preaching the word, you recognize that one of the ways you are, uh, one of the places, one of the essences of you establishing that is in that place that God has called you. Now, in that histemi, there are kairos moments and there are times where God is not really doing something new at that second. And that's troublesome to some people because they're always wanting God to have a kairos moment but in season and out of season is kairos in season or without kairos out of season and you've got to be willing to move when god is moving take full advantage of what the spirit is saying and to to understand the season and recognize what's supposed to be done but when god is not releasing a kairos moment he's still there but during that time you're reaping the benefit of what has come. You're, you're learning. You're processing. And it's, isn't it that way when God shows us something? We've said this over and over again. When you're praying and God gives you an encounter, and you have that encounter over the next hours and days, at least this is the way it is in me, and I guarantee you it is in you, God reveals like the developing of the old Polaroid camera. You remember those when you take those instant photos and then you'd watch it and it would just gradually reveal? If, if you just went from kairos to kairos and didn't gain that measure of digestion and meditation on what God had done, what what was the benefit? It would be like somebody eating something and in their body not having the ability to process and digest. That's not healthy. So... When you're moving on behalf of the histemi where God has planted you, you need to be quick to hear, slow to speak. As Les just said, you need to be moving when God moves. Take advantage of the moment when there is a kairos, but then where there's not a fresh release, you don't get happy feet. You don't get antsy. You say, okay, Father, I'm going to reflect on, I'm going to take full advantage of what you've done, and I'm going to I'm going to let your spirit show me the nuances of it. And I'm going to be prepared for the next move. But I'm not going to go if it's like what Moses, uh, it's like Joshua said, if you don't go, we're not going. And, And so that's instant in season and out of season. But in this teaching month, the heart of what I wanted to share with you is what comes next and it's a threefold thing reprove rebuke and exhort with all long suffering the extension of the arm and 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 in reflection of what god has taught you what does reprove rebuke and exhort mean first of all it's a threefold release so all of us saints should know that you're talking about promise seal and fulfillment there right that's just one of the principles of of uh, divine Uh, numeric quality. (laughs) So, reprove is, is an interesting word because it really does have a measure of correction in it. It does have a measure of, from what you know from the word, if something comes that is not in alignment with the word, you immediately say, hold on, wait a second. That doesn't line up no matter who says it, no matter where it's coming from, no matter how nice the melody is, if it doesn't line up with what you know the word says, and, and not your opinion, not your tradition, not what kind of music you like, or you know whether it was entertaining or not to hear this teaching, it's it's about whether it aligns with the word. Reprove. And so in that threefold dimension as a teacher, as somebody who's experiencing a terrain where people are going after their own lusts, they're seeking their own truth, they're believing myths that really are not commensurate with the history and the foundational principles, um, you've got to first of all be ready to say, look, I know what God has said in his word. And it's just what, isn't that what Jesus did? Satan came at him with, uh, at a point where Jesus, after 40 days and nights of fasting out in the wilderness, Satan starts flinging the word out there. And he's given a twist to the word. And Jesus knew the word enough. He answered back with the word and said, No, 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 no. That's not what it says. And I'm sure our enemy must have been very convincing. He's a pretty convincing fellow. He, he convinced lots of principalities to fall with him. He convinced legions of demons to fall with him. So he's a pretty convincing fellow. I'm not complimenting, I'm just reading the box score. Um, but if you know the word, if you know the word, you'll be able to reprove that. And isn't it in society, you know, we've talked over the past couple of seminars about. Uh, teachings that come off from the progressive movement and they they're so touchy-feely and they speak about deep things in the spirit and then all of a sudden when you're when you're kind of lulled into a point of massage envy and you're thinking this guy speaking my language and all of a sudden bing, there's something that's said that is not scriptural in fact it's not only not scriptural it is heretical And then immediately he goes back into this touchy-feely. You know, here, you're going to feel this. And you got to be open. And all truth is God's truth. And then, bing, you should know, uh uh-uh, there's one truth. We need to be a people that's not judgmental, but a people who are skilled at reproving in alignment with the Word. So reprove. What does rebuke mean? It's interesting if you look at the the uh, etymology of that. It it is it has to do with your purpose. It has to do with what God has called you to be. It has to do with the function of you fulfilling that calling. And throughout the New Testament, this is a PowerPoint and it reflects on something that we've said over and over again. Like when we talk about prayer and we say, when I say, you know. I, I don't know of a greater dimension of faith that wells up within me than when I'm standing on behalf of what God has given us to do as saints. When there's a mountain in front of us and it is standing uh, uh, directly against what I know our, our calling is, there is a wellspring of faith that kind of takes over. It's like Popeye's can of spinach, but in the spirit realm. And, and there's a strength there. That's what this rebuke entails. And if you look at it, through this word, Jesus rebuked the storm. Through this word, Jesus rebuked demons. Through this word, Jesus brought about deliverances. And and it was from that root of his calling and his identity and what he was called to be. And I think that that is interesting that it's in that selah, segment of this threefold, that when you are standing on behalf as a teacher, um, what God's word has said, and you embody that identity, that's a point of defense, that's a point of strength for you. So to reprove uh, is, is to stand against heresy, and to align with the word rebuke is to put your money where your mouth is, and say okay you know it was one thing for me to say okay this is what the scripture says and it's different than what you're saying but it's another thing that when there are challenges to come like a storm like a gang of demons like somebody who says something that is specifically aligned to stop you from fulfilling what God does you're going to stand and you're going to rely on that strength of divine identity within you. And, and so when Paul uses this term, it wasn't, well, let me just tell you a few things. That's not that kind of rebuke. Um, it's, it's that you aren't, you're standing in the gap. You're not going anywhere. If God's put you here, this is what I'm, oh, this is where I'm faithful and there's power over the elements. There's power over the demonic. There's power over things that have shackled people. It's a very interesting word. It's not used a whole lot, but every time it is used, it's really it's really a unique source of identity and strength. I encourage you maybe in your devotions to look that up. But to exhort, then, is the fulfillment of this process. And it's our old friend Parakaleo, which is to call people to the calling that you come and you align. It's what the Comforter does. He calls to get get going with what God has asked. And and I think this is really a, um, it's an interesting thing because you do all of that with long suffering and doctrine. Long suffering is kind of the demonstration of patience, you know, it's, 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 Uh, You would think that when you do all these things, there'd always be an immediacy. Boy, was I wrong with that thought. You know, I remember when when God first started moving, and as pastor, my heart was for my congregation, and I thought, man, this is the most wonderful thing, Father. This is just the great, this visitation, this, wow, what you're doing is amazing. Everybody's going to want this. Boy, was I wrong. And you know I was wrong, because you saw it happen. It, it, it's amazing how uh, many are called, few are chosen. Hey, I, I'm almost stunned by that. I, 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 you see it in the Word. Maybe it's not underlined in your scripture, but you can see Jesus heal the daughter of Abraham on a Sabbath, and then you got people across the way who are just ticked off that he did that, and they're plotting to kill him. Why would not? They all knew that old lady they all knew her. They probably grieved in watching her week by week suffer. And here she's free and people get angry and they want to kill him. How can that happen? Or the guy with a withered hand, you know, same deal. Or Jesus can be teaching and people are, people are being set free and and the the others are saying man this guy's speaking the same scripture the pharisees teach but it's with power it has meaning it makes sense but let's kill him so it doesn't make any sense to me so you've got to have long suffering when you're on this pathway you you these there's teeth to every one of these and and with that then you have to make sure that you're aligning yourself with doctrine. This is that other word, keruso. This is where you remember what has been said, that you remember what you've been said, what's been said, what's been taught, and you understand that. So as you're doing all these things for the Lord, on with the Lord, on behalf of the Lord, uh, reprove, rebuke, and exhort uh, you also have to be patient and um, you know you have to keep in in heart the bastion of understanding from the word that God has given which fills the reservoir of doctrine this is Paul wow and he says okay you've got to be that way verse two is amazing because the times come when they're not going to want that sound doctrine it's the same word for teaching. They're not going to want that. They're going to go off the rails. They're going to have lustful desires and wanting they've got itching ears. They want to bring teachers that will speak to their truth and they're going to they're going to just absolutely not endure the teaching and they're not going to endure you. They'll turn away their ears. But you've got to watch in all things endure the assignments that come against you. Do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of the ministry God has given you. I think this is a really uh, interesting passage for the Lord to give us as we approach the end of this month of of the gift of the teacher, because we're seeing this manifested. Um, we're, we're seeing a hunger for the Word. We're seeing people that are really studying the deeper things of the word in the nations now. And we're seeing um, great scores of people who are saying, you know, I've been in the ministry for years and years and years. I want this. I'm going to take hold of the hem of the garment that you're called by. We'll be called by your name, which is this calling of the saints. Let us go with you. We, We understand that that there's something different and it's a God thing and he's put a hunger in us for this. I'm thankful for that. But then on the other hand, you see just darkness and gross darkness. And, and it's, it's where you have, to, you have to stay focused on what God has given you because it can be discouraging. If you look, you know, it's what we were saying last week that God, the ultimate watchman, his eyes are always upon the tobe and the raw, but he is a watchman. There's that, there's that divine identity of what a watchman really should be. And so you have, to, you have to steer clear of the pitfalls and the potholes and the irritations and the afflictions, as it were, and stay on track. But preach the word, Be instant in your histeme, in the kairos moment and when God is causing you to walk with him to the next one. And, um, you know, reprove, rebuke, exhort. Those Those all have to be done on behalf of what God has taught concerning his foundational word. Because you can't reprove somebody if you don't know the word. You can't stand on behalf of the word if you don't know the word. And you sure can't call somebody else to come and learn the word if you don't know it yourself. You know? It's that old phrase that I, I, I've said many times that um, you really don't know the word of God unless you know the God of the word. And God, through his, through his spirit, has caused all of us to be able to pray in diversities of tongues and spend time in the Spirit, and through that understanding and the affections, uh, we've we've been able to be led by the Spirit into the meat of the Word, and you know so that's where we stand. No no other rock other than His unchanging Word; it will not pass away. And thankfully, that's been a gift that God. Has released to us in a responsibility that He's given to us to teach all nations, to make disciples. And, and so I speak over, over each of you a quickening for this. Because this isn't this isn't simply an understanding of what this scripture means. This is a Rhema from the Lord for a measure of commendation for your faithfulness in this to this point. But God is ratcheting it up. God is moving us into a higher dimension of the application of this. It's not that we're know-it-alls. That's not what I mean. It's not that we're presumptuous or that we are prideful. It's not that. But listen, it's not prideful to say this is what the Word says. It's not prideful to say, thus says the Lord. It's not prideful to say, what meaneth this? This is that. It's not prideful to be that way. In fact, that's how the church was born. And that's the functionality that we must be. So we've got to continue to study to show ourselves approved workmen that don't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And we've got to be that. But this is, you know, Paul he's saying here, this is almost like his uh, his uh, encore before he dies. Because right after that, he's saying, you know, I fought a good fight that I'm ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. Verses, verse 7, I fought a good fight, finished my course, I've kept the faith. So he's saying, look, I just want to let you know, that this is what you've got to do. This is the way I have lived before God as the Lord taught me. And so this is what we must be, and this is what we must do. And you have been this, but it is a heightened measure. And um, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for that. So what's this mean for you as you're in this week of thanksgiving? Uh, what's this mean for you, as we all reflect on the new and wonderful things God is doing among us? Um, it's a point of promotion. That's a I like that word. It's a descriptive word, but in some connotations it it doesn't really speak what we need to say because somebody can hear promotion and they become envious or jealous. Um, it's, it's a point of, of, of progressing into something that the father has laid before you to be, and we progress into that. And, you know, our mission, it, it, I, again, I don't want to belabor this, but I know what it's felt like over the years from within me. I know what it's felt like when I've given answers to people. Or when we've brought forth fresh, under, fresh understandings from the Word, I know what that feels like, and I I can tell that there is a big difference. It's built on the same foundation, but there's a big difference to what we're doing now. There's there's a weightiness and a uh, an anticipation for the In the doors that God opens, but there's a weightiness to the same things we've taught and and it's 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 a really it's, it's exciting, but it's also very um, sobering. And so I think we need to we need to recognize, look, God's brought us all up into that place. and we need to we need to give him thanks for it, but we need to recognize. To whom much is given, much is required, um, and and I am I'm, I'm so grateful, uh, and and I wonder, and this is the last thing I'll say, but I wonder if that's not why there has been a a quickening, a release of the of the measures of restoration and healing and supply. Uh, I I wonder if God has not been bringing you up to speed and replenishing. Um, because you've got to be ready for this new field. It's an outfitting, as it were. Um, But not only is it for this moment, but it's it's an empowerment for what you're going to need to give to others. So these are good things. And I do speak over each of you that I ask that the Spirit of the Lord would make this so real to you. And You know, many who are in in various outposts of the saints, you need this desperately. Um, You know, I was corresponding with uh, someone that we all know in Switzerland regarding something that is going to need to be presented to a group of intercessors and pastors this week. And just from the things that I read coming from that person, I think, yeah, there's a greater responsibility. There's a greater... There's a greater measure of weightiness that God is releasing. We got to have wisdom as to when to say it, when not to say it, how to release it, and and so um, I I just I just want to say from this house a word of blessing into all the places that that the Spirit has called you to serve and. Um, May, may God equip you, and may you be encouraged, and may each of you be encouraged. As you leave this place in the natural, may you walk out of here in health, in strength, and encouragement. And, um, you know, what, what Kelly began singing earlier, um, that if there are ways of thinking that um, is trying to convince you The opposite of what God is doing, you need to get that cleansed. If the enemy is saying things to you, threatening you, trying to bring fear, you need to put him to flight because nothing is going to be able to touch you uh, that would would counteract or contradict what God has called you to be. Any kind of opposition, any kind of mountain is a prophetic indication of something that the enemy is trying to stop. And, and it's very interesting to be able to interpret what um, what kind of attacks come and and to say, why is this coming in this way? And what does this mean prophetically? There's a great source there. It's not that we let the enemy chart our course, but, you know, he's attacking that way for some reason. So what is he attacking? What is he really coming against? How is it manifesting in your body? And what does that mean spiritually? And you need to overcome that evil with good. And you need to stand on behalf of what the good thing is. Amen? Amen. I'm just rambling up here now. There's just all kinds of winds blowing in the spirit, so I better close up the (laughs) sails and bring this to an end. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the visitation of your spirit in the abiding presence of our precious Lord. I declare blessing over your people as we come into this Thanksgiving week now. You have blessed us in abundant ways. And we want to to thank you for for your provision, for your blessing. But we also want to Recognize the root of thanksgiving, and that is the promotion of grace. Let us look forward into the new horizons with you, and let us be positioned for what comes next. I bless this congregation, and I bless all the congregations and all the outposts of the saints. Help us to do your work, Father, and help us to be faithful. Let us let us be those that will truly preach the word. And we thank you for it. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. God bless all of you. Go in the blessing of the Lord, and we will see you soon. Happy Thanksgiving.